they're like, yeah, you're going to start a loose head. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Uh, I remember Joe Smith, like you saw him say off. And I was like, geez, I don't think I could ever last at this level. Hello and welcome to the Off Field Rugby Pod. My name is Brian Moylette. I'm a former Irish underage international and this podcast is for young rugby players. I chat with players and coaches at the top of the game about their journey and get their insights so that you can learn from them. Please follow me on Instagram at offfieldrugby, share the pod with friends and make sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Today I'm chatting with Peter Dooley who has played over 100 times for Leinster, was in the Ireland squad last summer and next season will be playing with Connacht. Dooley talks about progressing up through the ranks from starting out in not a rugby traditional area where there would be a handful of lads showing up to training and hurling and farming were more of a priority than rugby. To then himself getting noticed by Leinster and then continuing to push up through the different grades. He switched from number 8 to prop when he was 17 and talks about how he found that transition He talks about how he's kind of thrown in at the deep end, had a couple of baptisms of fire, and he also talks about what he does to play his best rugby. Talks about advice he's gotten from Joe Schmidt and Paul O'Connell, and explains how he gets his prep right during the week. He also goes through what Leinster Rugby's three core values are and how they live them out throughout a season. How Leinster use theming throughout the year, what their theme was this year and also what people Leinster bring in from outside to present and speak to the team. So here's episode number 49 with Peter Dooley. A lot of people stress about money. Where should you be investing? Are you prepared if there's a crash? And loads more. And if you're not an expert, finances can be really daunting. I know the people at Sparks Wealth and they're brilliant. What they do is they educate you on your finances without any jargon. They create a personalized plan for you and manage your money so that it's working for you and so that you don't need to be worrying about it. You can book a free, no obligation Zoom call now on their website, sparkswealth.ie. So growing up, was it a hurling or rugby you preferred? Um, I'd say hurling initially. Um, rugby was more of a a pastime, and in Burr, I'd say rug or hurling was everything. Like yeah, um, at that stage, Burr seniors are winning all Ireland hurling titles. Um, I would train twice a day playing hurling. Um, yeah, within with school and then the club. And if you're any good at club, you play like a year above your age. I was playing like under tens, under twelves. You were playing for the junior team in school, senior team in school, and then rugby was kind of just, I suppose, on the long finger. Um, I was asked this the other day in Bar Rugby Club, I was presenting medals, and we trained for an hour a week with rugby from Wednesday at 7 to 8. My dad coached me, and, and like, lads struggled to get to training, like all the lads, because they're like, oh, they're off hurling the whole time, and then Wednesday they could be farming or something, and I'd be like, fuck, getting, be, getting frustrated then because the boys wouldn't be coming training and I'd be putting everything into hurling and stuff. Then when I started kind of progressing, I suppose, physically more so at Lanton and uh, I think my dad kind of realised that I had a bit of tension in rugby. Uh, I kind of liked it more and more and more. There was a few of us, obviously Shane Delahunt, to play with him underage. And there was another guy called Carl Hogan and the three of us were like, you know, underage, you have three lads in the front row. I think we brought the best out in each other at that age. And we, I kind of, I suppose, it still kind of sticks to me now about how competitive um, we kind of drove each other on. Uh, we won like Midland Leagues and Leinster Leagues and Leinster Cups all the way up along. And that competitive age made me have that feeling of winning things and want to drive on at rugby. And, and, and then I suppose on the flip side, then when I got to like 15, 16, I was in with the Midlands team. And wasn't training as much for hurling, but playing a lot of things. And I think I lost four under sixteen county finals in hurling in a row. And I was just like, oh, I'm kind of sick of this now at this stage. And the rugby was getting more professional, and I was going up and down to Dublin and stuff. And I just 
that's when it kind of turned when I was like 14 or 15. And um, I think the them in Leinster saw the potential in me and they kind of nurtured me and I suppose looked after me a lot. Not to say better, but it just it was a more professional setup, obviously, in rugby. And that's when I was just like, this is the pathway and that. So it kind of turned like at the start, it was always hurling. And then as I grew up, uh, rugby, and I still love hurling and stuff and that, like, but obviously, won't be fit to lay some glass boots now and stuff at the minute. But um, yeah, I'd always have a love for hurling, but it was, I suppose, going to end up being rugby. And my dad kind of knew that as well, I'd say. Nice one. And so what was it when you were like 12, 13, 14, you started just getting a bit bigger and then rugby started suiting you and then you were like, I'm actually enjoying this, even though there were boys not trained or even though it wasn't like the setup you'd like because hurling down in Offaly be like borderline professional, I'd say, you know, it just, it's huge. Yeah, um, I think them years between, I'd say 12 and 15, I was pretty good at hurling and stuff as well and I was a bit bigger than most lads my age and that kind of suited me like uh, for hurling as well you're playing centre back on someone big strong really um, then playing rugby kind of went nearly it was nearly sem- it was nearly professional under 15, 16 to set up and the treatment we got and stuff so I kind of realised that the treatment in Offaly wasn't as good as it was in Leinster and stuff and I presume that's changed a lot now because I, I know a lot of like my friends have slipped through the radar and hurling and stuff like that. But now after hurling is getting a little bit better. I think it's become more professional. But when I was growing up, that professional aspect probably wasn't there. And just like simple things I remember chatting people about before, like just uh, like rock up, you're waiting for training and hurling. This wasn't like the gates wouldn't be open and you won't be allowed into dress rooms and stuff like this. You're just like... Yeah. Where you go to rugby, like the gates open an hour before, lads are in there doing their own bit and stuff like that. And just that's where I hope, like, I haven't talked to anyone since in the hurling circles, but I hope that's where off you're catching up now. Like, it's just little things like that, like, that yeah. make a huge difference. Like, we talk about in Leinster, like, like just do the simple things well, and the big things will look after themselves. So, yeah, 100%. And so, is it then you started getting involved in like, well, Midlands teams like under 15, 16, like you say, and then you saw that, like, oh, this is a bit of a pathway. Oh, I can do more than, yeah, we're winning with the club, but oh, there's something there. Yeah, yeah. So, you went to a under 16 Midlands team, and I was a Midlands region. I think there's five regions. You played a Shane Horgan uh, Cup, like, so you play all the different regions. and we won the Shane Horgan Cup for the first time ever as a Midlands region. And that kind of, I don't know, I suppose kind of like put you up there on a bit of a pencil in the club scene, like and stuff. And we had a good little team that got thrown together and stuff. And from that, then you get picked for a Leinster under 18 team. And I was lucky enough to get picked for this kind of thing called TIP, TIP, Talent Identification Program, which meant I'd be up in Dublin two more extra sessions a week. I'd be in Terranor training on top of my two sessions playing training with the club. So you'd be up four days a week. So I remember I used to tra- like travel up and down from Offaly, stay some nights in Terranor. Um, Leinster found this um, woman who just like literally houses us for a few nights. Like, and she'd never be there. She'd be home the odd time. She'd cook a steak or <laughs> today it was just got by like and just trained all day and then just went home and slept and, this is like mad enough when I was 15, 16, going up to Dublin. And I just was like, got a kind of a graph for Dublin and stuff. And then the professional aspect of rugby. And yeah, that kind of, I suppose, set the fire off within me. Like, Yeah. And so was that during the summers that you were going up, trained during the day, or is it during the school year or what? Yeah, during the summer. And then school year. I think during my leaving start, I used to go to Carlow on Monday night, which is the biggest pain ever. <laughs> uh, Tullamore over Tuesday, train with your club Wednesday, Tullamore again Thursday, you'd have Friday off, play the Saturday, like so that would be my week. So I remember doing like homework, my dad's, the three or four was going to Carlow, like Carlow was awkward to get, it was all back roads. And my dad would go one day and someone else would go the next like week and share, like and trying to be doing homework in the car and stuff like that. It was just, yeah, it was a nightmare going to Carlow, but had to be done, I suppose. 
Nice one. And so Leinster were putting on these like uh, gym sessions or whatever. Was it gym or pitch or both? Or? Both, yeah, gym and yeah. like skill session. Yeah. Uh, every Monday, I remember like Jerry Murphy, he's the old Irish coach. He took a few of them the Monday nights and like to be seven, eight players there because we all broke up into different groups. But like we'd still have great sessions like and stuff, um, which kind of opened my dad's eyes, I suppose, because he was coaching me in Burr at the time. Like he'd always be like, oh, I'll go I'll get a few drills or whatever. Yeah. Like no matter, no matter how many numbers they had in these Leinster sessions, it wasn't from people not turning up. It was just like smaller groups. And, and they also put on good sessions and they feel beneficial for going for them. Because I know like if you had a hurling session or a rugby session down in the club and you're like, oh, geez, there's only six or seven going to be there. They just run the shy out was pretty much. But like it was never none of that. Like, but uh, it was always beneficial. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. And so, yeah, you're plugging away there and then Leinster under 18s youths is that the first time you kind of played or played in this yeah system? yeah so played a year above my age with youths and tom daly was there he was the year above me adam Byrne was my age Owen masterson uh, was above me as well so we had a few we had a good old team and yeah, that was my first experience uh leinster um under 18s like when i was started as number eight and then playing eight with the Midlands all up along in my club and then we played an under-18 trial match in Nace and like Johnny as a young lad you think this is everything pretty much and yeah. I remember getting a dead, dead leg in the first 10 minutes of the game so I was distraught I was like oh my fresh and rugby career is over like and, uh, that Jerry Murphy was telling me about came across the field walked across I walked across at half time to Winton Change Room and threw his arm around me and he was just like do you ever think you're going into the front row and I was just like no, shot it down straight away. I was just like, no, no, it's not for me. Like whatever. And he's like, ah, just, just, just mull it over. Like think about it and stuff. And um, I suppose it's the best thing that ever happened to me when you look at the number eights in the club now. Like so, uh, yeah, I went from there. Then that trial match got picked for a summer uh, program, and then you played the interpros in September, and then they pick an Irish under eighteen spot off that. Nice one. So when you you're playing eight all that time up until what your age, probably seventeen and seventeen, yeah. And you're playing eight in that trial, and then did you go? When did you go into the front row? Was it for the youths that year or the following year? Yeah, so they um, kind of suppose flirted with the idea. That was the initial one, and then that was just before summer. I remember we were finishing school, kind of it was fifth year, I think it was, and then the summer was going to be all training and. Reggie Corrigan was doing the front row stuff at the time and he was like throwing me in there like in sessions and stuff I was still playing a bit of eight that summer and then we had a pre-season friendly against Languedoc team from France and I mean they're like yeah you're going to start at Lucehead and I was like oh Jesus so I started at Lucehead and this Languedoc team was two years older than us and they had a tie head who was huge like biggest one of the biggest men I've ever seen at that age and I was just like but they put me in there and I was like holding my own I was just like technique out the window I was just like grind the tea here like and try <laughs> do my best on this lad and my dad was like Jesus after he's like he's sleeping and I was bet up so bad after like this huge man just on top of me but it was like my baptism of fire and then we went and played I think two more like pre-season friendlies and then I played the interpro kind of found my feet, feet pretty quick like I remember playing against Munster down in Water Park and they had two big uh, uh, props against us like and we won that day, like and stuff, and had my own. That was kind of my introduction to it. Then never looked back. Never played eight after that. Then nice one. And uh, did you did you see like a, a path going forward with the prop? Did you kind of know yourself when he said it? Because like, geez, going into the front row, yeah, it's not like when you're playing in the back row. It's not a you don't just go, yeah, perfect, no bother. Like, did you kind of see no. the bigger picture then? That's the thing, like. Uh, they were like, oh, with your ball handling skills coming from a number eight and stuff, uh, they kind of pitched the whole Leinster rugby is changing the way they play like and stuff when you see the game, the way it's evolving. And I think Keane Healy was really prominent at the time and how good he was like and stuff. And uh, that was kind of an inspiration of me for me to go into the front row like and, because like the back row was there and stuff. It was just like so much competition. I think Dan Levy was playing eight at the time. So I was like, beating with him nearly for schools against clubs like and stuff and there's just serious players everywhere and they were crying out for a few props like and stuff so um, yeah that was 
it was tough to take at the start, like any back row, or you're like, you don't want to be put out for the, being told, oh, you're not going to be good enough or tall enough for the back row. So we think uh, front row will be the place for you. Like. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so then when you left school up to Lansdowne, and what was the involvement there? Were you in the sub academy the year you, you left? Yeah, yeah, I went into the sub academy for a year and joined Lansdowne. And I don't think I was getting academy coming out of the first year sub academy. And then I think we went well with Lansdowne pretty much under 20s, played a lot of games. And I played Irish under 20s a year above my age because Mike Ruddock was obviously coaching and had seen me in Lansdowne. And I hadn't been with the Irish 20s for the whole year. And then I think it was like three or four weeks before the Six Nations started. He brought me in for a camp and we played UCD in like a trial match. And, uh, threw me in propping and then lo and behold I was on the bench for the first match against Wales over in Colwyn Bay and who uh, Brian Scott who played at Munster was playing and starting loose head and he took him off at half time and brought me on and yeah that was my baptism fire playing 20s and that kind of led to me getting Leinster Academy then my second year out of school so I suppose it kind of just took off like all of a sudden yeah, they probably saw that try you scored in the All-Ireland 20s final running from the halfway. They said, hey, we need this fella in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was playing it on repeat, like just in front of them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. And uh, so going along that way, like you were saying that Leinster kind of like uh, took an interest in your, say from like 16, 17, like involved in stuff and giving you, and like bringing you along. Did you, when you were going up um, to Dublin, I know school, like you went to college and whatever, but were you kind of thinking like, I'm going to go for this or, you know, this is the main, main focus. Yeah. You, I kind of look back now and like people get asked that questions like, Oh, when did you, did you know you were going to like make it or stuff? And I don't know, like you just, when you get there, you're just like, uh, you never think you're never satisfied. You always want more and stuff like, and it's weird. Like I didn't ever think, cause I remember, Adam, I was living with Adam Byrne at the time and he, he's like the youngest ever player to play with Leinster and stuff. And yeah, we were bought in the sub-academy and the sub-academy then was down in Donnybrook and if you had to train with the seniors, like you'd go up to UCD, so it'd be a big deal like and stuff. And I'd be still in awe of all these players like that are up there training and stuff. And like Adam would come home that night, like he'd be going all day and I'd be like asking him, how was it like and all this? And he's like, yeah, it's mad. Like he, he was, I think about to play against Ulster, he made his debut around Christmas time and I just thought this is the greatest thing ever. Like, I didn't think that this could be me someday. So, yeah, and then it just, I suppose you get into the academy and you start training, like, amongst them. And then you just get the nod to be like, oh, yeah, you're going to play this weekend, like, and stuff. And then you're just like, geez, it's actually happening. Like, So it's never like thinking, oh, I'm going to make it or whatever like that. It just kind of happens all, like, really quick all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. You just keep doing what you're doing and then things fall into place if they do, you know. Exactly. And it just like has a domino effect and it just happens pretty quickly. Yeah. And how did you find playing the 20s, like um, being brought in, like you're playing, say, Leinster Youths, you're playing Lansdowne 20s and then going in, playing internationally, you're young at 20s in the front row, having been, what, doing it for 18 months or if even. How did you find that? Yeah. That's the thing, yeah, it was all, it was all of like baptism of fire, especially with propping. I was just like, Jesus, yeah. Um, but yeah, like you learn, I suppose, at 20s, it's not, you look at it now, you think it's the be all and end all. But now you look back on it, you're like, Jesus, it was a great experience and you learn so much from it. Um, but yeah, it's propping. And I remember like these huge, big French, French and English props and another lad from Wales, like, and, and it's a great old experience, like, but it was the whole thing, I suppose. I didn't get bogged down on the uh, scrummaging aspect of it. And I always thought, look, I'm here a year young. It's all, it's a bonus, like, so um, to enjoy it. Um, our Six Nations was all right. Like, we bet England in that loan was the highlight of the first year. And we went to the World Cup then, bet Australia, and we lost New Zealand by a try. And we barely missed out in the semi-final place like but great experience like in them 20s years I remember like because the matches were in that lawn as well and Jesus I don't know there's nearly a thousand people over from Burr like watching it like and stuff which is pretty special like and I suppose give all them people uh, something to remember as well and a great lift 
Yeah, nice. Yeah, there were, I was at games there. It was class when it was in uh, Dubai Park. Dubai. Yeah, yeah. Great atmosphere and stuff like and they'd always stick out in my memory, like and stuff. So yeah, it was class, I suppose, at the time. Like. Yeah. And so how was it then when you were going getting, say, involved with the Leinster senior team? Like like you were saying, you're talking to Adam and then how did you find going into that? Because once again, like any of us growing up, they're all the idols, they're the best players in the world. A lot of them. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, you look at like young lads coming into the academy now, like Jamie Osborne and stuff, like you know, and Chris Cosgrove, young lads, and you'd say, oh, they're quiet, like they wouldn't talk to you and stuff. But then I remember when I was like 18, 19 going in, and you know, like Sean O'Brien, he's like Driscoll, like and stuff, and you're just like, Jesus, I've watched these lads on telly for the last 10 years, like pretty much. It's so daunting, like, but that's the kind of Leinster encourage, like the older players to. Go down and help them younger players like just fit in seamlessly, like and stuff. And you'd always be up to high dough about training and stuff and learning calls, like and um just getting your detail right and getting your like your um your phase plays right and stuff like and literally not making a mistake. Like just um uh, remember Joe Smith, like you saw say I'll fit in seamlessly, like so that's the main thing, like uh, as a young lad and then uh who was I think yeah, Matt O'Connor gave me my first cap then in 2014, I think it was. Uh, so, yeah, I was grateful for that. Like, and, and it was all a bit of a blur. I just remember the match vaguely, like, but yeah, uh, never looked back since. So. Yeah, it's interesting uh, we say that Joe Schmidt saying fit in seamlessly because I think when you say how daunting as well, like, I can only imagine, but it, it's probably like uh, you want players to feel comfortable, but then I suppose he wants to make sure that you're you you're on the ball and that you have to have that level of kind of anxiousness that like I need to get this right yeah yeah exactly like I think he does it so well in a way that like you're you witnessing like I suppose dog someone else or bark someone else and you're just like fuck I don't want that to, to be me and um, but like he knows his audience and he knows who he's going through like and keep on their toes like but I suppose if you were a young lad and you didn't get your detail right, he would go through you as well. Like so, um, but yeah, no, it was kind of. I only trained under Joe now a few times in my first year and stuff, and then Matt O'Connor was the head coach. Joe had gone to Ireland, and so Matt O'Connor gave me my first cap. But Matty was a different character than Joe, like so. Um, I suppose the lad, the lad said like it wasn't as daunting training under Matty, but um, it was still pretty daunting for myself and the young lads, like playing with players of such caliber like that kind of were so good for Leinster over the years how long did it take you to feel comfortable and like walk into training there the way you would walk into training at Lansdowne or Burr when you were a young lad yeah you, I suppose I was lucky my first year I played a good bit second year then I started playing European rugby and, and Leinster were very good to me in terms of like moving me, bumping me up to a development contract. I think I was only in the academy for a year and a half, pretty much, and you get moved up to the senior change room and stuff like And Then you make relationships as well with, like, senior players, and uh, they kind of see, like, the true you, like, and um, you feel like you want to be involved in the crack and the slagging, like, and once you settle in and you get to know the senior players, like, you feel more part of the group, like, and stuff, and as a young lad, I'd say it's so tough, like, because I see the young lads now, they're kind of in their own little group, like, and stuff, and that, and, like, senior players try to invo- involve them in everything as possible, like, and I felt the more I was, like, wanted and needed, that's when I felt like I, I fitted in more, like, and I loved having the crack with the senior players, and even if they invited you on the piss, like, and stuff, like, because you get invited, I see, with the Leinster ball and stuff, only a certain amount of academy players get invited, and, more get invited to like piss ups and stuff like and once you're involved in them you feel part of the senior squad and you kind of feel you can express yourself more and that as a person like yeah yeah good stuff and do Leinster like even now like you're older I know you're going but uh do they make a, a point of like talking about that kind of stuff to like help the younger lads because I suppose you know probably 10-15 years ago it would have been like your young lads over here, senior players here, earn your stripes kind of stuff, don't talk, you know, that kind of mentality might yeah. have been in back in the day, but do they make a a point of telling you to include everyone and be good and that sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah. They like it's kind of one of our values is to be humble, like if you've Devon Tone or 270 caps or 
something like happen any caps in the academy like you treat everyone the same like everyone um has a part to play like in the Leinster setup like we I think 60 players have played for Leinster this year like so um yeah so like they make a kind of conscious effort of um being everyone is kind of just a normal player like and stuff and uh they try to treat each other the same with respect like and um I suppose we like you handshake everyone when you go in the morning, no matter who it was, and talk to them like and stuff. And I see it now like I try and involve like you get great crack out of the younger players, like cause, yeah, like like they they have stories. For, I remember when I was younger growing up, and like there was six of us living in the house. Like um, the boys would love hearing stories, like and just the crack, like the older lads would be have a wife and three or four children and stuff. They'd be just like they live a boring life like so they're just uh, love love a bit of crack like and stuff and now we're the same like we'd be always kind of slagging the younger lads and trying to make them feel awkward but I think that's a good thing like the slagging and making them feel awkward like and makes them feel part of the group 100% yeah and then the other young lads can slag that other fella as well and then everyone it, it involves everyone yeah 100% yeah exactly there's a knock on effect like yeah yeah and uh, when you mentioned their values being humble do you talk about like like are there a few values that you live out and you know like what that, that I suppose says no one's bigger than the team but um are there a few like that that kind of core things that everyone yeah yeah in Leinster like there's uh, three core values uh, humble brothers uh, relentlessly it's like brothers you know yourself like you treat your brother like treat everyone like your brother like in your family pretty much like on and off the field and stuff uh Humble is, I think Humble was brought in like when Leinster had this like arrogance kind of uh, perception of them and stuff like it. Uh, yeah, we've just like little values around that kind of like uh, humble piece, like as I said, shaking everyone's hand like and stuff and almost like engaging with fans pre and post match. Like you're, no one's too big to like jump out of the change room and run off and not sign autographs and take photos and stuff. And, uh, but then you have uh, relentless, then like you're relentless. In your preparation of the opposition, the relentless on the field, the relentless in the recovery off the field, like and stuff. So I think it does tie in pretty well, like and yeah, so that and kind of we have that like um, we every summer we do the, like a a talk really and go through the values and see that anything need updating and changing. Like so, it's every group of players is different every year, pretty much. So uh, it kind of does. Um, revolve around the players that are in the current squad which is I suppose beneficial for the group yeah no that's cool and it's um, it's probably it's great for a player as well and that you know how to be and how to carry yourself and what's good and then you just know that you're being all good as a player it's kind of pretty simple for you yeah it's like I suppose the DNA within a Leinster rugby player then three values like and um, when we're asked to vote on player of the year like we're asked to vote um, which player represents the three values the best and you see like Josh Van Der Feer was both voted for uh, players there of the year this year like and he's probably the most humble man ever like uh, like really respectful and stuff he's like relentless in his preparation like like uh, incredible the amount of work he does off the pitch like and stuff and then like the brothers aspect like you see like he's has a time for Everyone, no matter ex staff or Anton in the squad, like he's just he treats everyone the same. Like, and would always have a like the time to talk to whoever it is within the squad, like with their management or a player. Like, so he, I suppose, represents them, values the best out of our squad. Yeah, that's good. And uh, the handshake one, I think, is really good as well. So, is that just something that how long has that been in? Joe Smith brought it in, yeah, in 2000, whenever he can. Eight, nine, was it? I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it was just everyone goes out of their way to like get around and shake hands with everyone within the squad. Like, I think it does give a little bit of a boost, like a morale boost to like say hello to everyone. Like, you come in there, you can keep your head down, not say hello to anyone in the morning. Like, and you'd be like, Jesus, what's up, that lad's arse or whatever. Like, so it does like it just gives everybody a bit of a boost. Like, it's someone that say, Oh, you such and such is a bit down today. Like you go give him a good handshake and give him a bit of energy, like and stuff. Um, but then it goes again, as I said earlier. Like if you're the most caps or the captain of the squad, and you're talking, you'd still shake hands with like 
the lad with zero caps who's still grinding away every morning in the gym at seven like his stuff. So it does kind of levels out everyone as well and it does give good energy to the place as well. Yeah, no, 100%. And uh, yeah, it's brilliant because even like newer players coming in, when you have a rule like that, it means that they're going to get, you know, shake the hand and, you know, they're everyone's yeah. going to be around them every session. And even also, like you said, then if someone's down or whatever, you know, it's just, it's good because if yeah. you don't, like having a rule, quote unquote, like that is, is great. Because if you don't have like, it's not say you're a bad person. If you go in and just sit, you know, just chill in a corner if you, for the, yeah. or whatever before. But yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, like even if we have like outside, like just said, uh, there's like a few other coaches. Like I know Mike, Michael Fenley was in, he's obviously off the hurling coach now. And like the Dublin GA lads are in, and we get like completely random coaches come in like throughout the season and stuff. And I think they nearly get blown away. It's like, why is everyone coming up and shaking their hands like and stuff? And like it's stuff like that. Like, was uh, they remember Lance the Rugby being like, I suppose, real friendly and kind of gone out of their way to say hello to you like and stuff yeah for sure and so what ha- what are you saying there so different coaches come in and what what do they do so they'd like shadow Leinster like the coaches oh. and they'd sit, sit in on meetings for like usually they come for like a Monday and a Tuesday like because um, uh, I remember years ago like we'd coaches from all the like, premiership rugby clubs when Leinster were like winning champions cups and stuff and they'd see like how our day to day is run like and stuff like this and I think Leinster were letting them in and then they were just like, these are these lads all going to steal our ideas like and stuff. But then not as many people have come in now over COVID like and stuff. But I think Leinster do make them do like a presentation on like, how would you beat Leinster rugby or how would you change Leinster rugby and stuff like that. So they're like, it's a two-way system. Like we need to get something from this as well. So I suppose it's not long then looking for uh, something from them as well. Like it's not just all give, give, give. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, and do you learn stuff like do you have you had things like back over the last few that it's like, oh, that's interesting. That point, like people bring up interesting points of how they would beat you. Yeah, I think like the present the present to the coaches now, and I remember we had the three coaches from the Brumbies came up uh, on their off season. I think it was our preseason, and did like like scouted. Uh, our last few matches at the end of the year and stuff and they're like we go at us and they're like where would you go it's like oh we'd go at you like at the breakdown like we think you're we call them bullets like you're not clearing out or too slow sometimes and uh, we'd go at you up front like your set piece and stuff like this like so it is pretty interesting like just to um, do that and then we had during COVID we did like a online training thing with the Crusaders like so we prepped as if we were playing the Crusaders at the weekend like and stuff and they prepped as if they were playing us like and then at the end of the week we just uh say what like we what we were going to run against them and like where we were going to target them and stuff and then they did the same for us like so it kind of just kept us a rugby brain taking over during COVID but it was interesting to see as well that's cool yeah and uh just when you mentioned crusaders there just think of them um, theming what scott robertson has made kind of popular do you do that in leinster what did you do Teaming, so like every season will be a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this year we did uh, our team at the end was to climb Everest. Um, so I think when Leinster won the Champions Cup under Czech against Leicester, was it oh six maybe or whatever it was, and uh, that was the team was climbing Everest. So then like we break the season up into different uh, camps, so like camp one, camp two, camp three, and then the summer was the last few weeks like. And we're currently in the summit, like, and obviously losing Champions Cup was disappointing, but now we're kind of trying to summit again by winning the URC. So that was pretty interesting, like, different blocks, uh, different things, like, and stuff, which is good. And we've had uh, Damien Brown come in to talk to us. Uh, another lad, Pass Falvey, and Ronan Murphy, uh, another lad who climbed Everest. Like, so it's cool. Like, they just brought in, uh, like, presentations on how they climbed Everest like and stuff and um, Damien Brown obviously he failed summer like the summer and stuff but it's still interesting like to see his path up along it like COVID like kind of destroyed his voyage like, and stuff but yeah it was class to see like that it's just like how mad they are to do that like oh yeah I love him Damien Brown he's a legend yeah 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 he's a good man or he's 
completely mad like but he's good yeah good oh, he's unreal um yeah. and so how how would you bring in then like different blocks of the season so i know the way your kind of setup is is it could be like six games then an international window two weeks off so is it like different kind of six eight weeks blocks are different parts of your climb and do the coaches do much around like uh, revisiting the Everest kind of weekly or you know tying things in like this block of games is this part of our climb and that kind of stuff yeah yeah little things like that like just try and have the um Everest like correlation the whole time like and stuff yeah. uh, like we're in just like camp one now like and stuff and this is like lays the foundations for the summit later on in the year like and stuff like uh that and like when we go into Leinster, there's a big TV screen and it just tells us about um, what camp we're in now, like and stuff, and the different things of it, like and yeah, it goes through like the fixtures and stuff and, and stuff like that. And then, like, I think it was camp four, it was like notoriously known for being like one of the dangerous things, dangerous parts of the climbs. Like, if we were obviously two weeks in South Africa, and then it was like a week off, and then a week to play Leicester, and like. It was all like disruptions and stuff and that was kind of ingrained in us like we can't slip up now in camp four like because we need to push on now and then we'll be set up for the summit like the stuff like little things like that like and it's just a cool correlation to climb Everest like pretty much yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah 100% and uh, with say the bit the squad being so big like you said 60 players there playing or whatever and um, like do you know or do you get told like you're playing this, this is your game. Because I just remember reading Alex Ferguson's book and he said that he used to manage the squad and being like, you know, everyone doesn't play every game. And it's like, oh, this is your game. So then you can focus on that versus every week are you kind of like, will I be in the team? Will I not be in the team? Or how, how do they manage that? Like, Yeah. Yeah, it's but like, I think as you get older, they give you more like, like a heads up being like, oh, you're not in this week. Be ready for next week. Um, and stuff like that you get a fair idea though like the big matches you're like who they're going to play like and yeah. it's very rarely there's a curveball there and um, so you're like oh just say there's two matches now and then two Champions Cup matches you're like right you're playing this week so you're not playing this week so you'll have a fair idea you'll probably rest the squad next week and then they'll be fresh for the Champions Cup like so kind of yeah you I suppose it's good like Leo will give you that heads up like and stuff but obviously you want to be playing the whole time and stuff but then on the other side of it you're like fuck I'm playing next week that means I'm definitely not going to play the Champions Cup game like and stuff so it is kind of disheartening sometimes it's good to get the heads up but sometimes it's disheartening alright yeah but good to get the opportunity to play at all is good like yeah yeah how do you process or deal with kind of setbacks and things like that yeah like I suppose it's as like there's 60 of us there playing this year, it's like it's hard for like we think bad of person and blind and Aliyah for dropping you or whatever. And then, but like he's dealing with like 60, only like 23 lads can get a match day squad like and stuff. But yeah, like it's been interesting. Usually for me, like you just go out and train hard. Like and I like to get back and play with Lens and I just like to be playing rugby and stuff. But this year has been different. Like it's been kind of up and down, like because I'm obviously leaving and. And they're just like I feel they don't have to play me like pretty much like stuff. So I was just like I can't get too disappointed in myself. Like um, just go out and try and enjoy training and enjoy the lads' company for the last few weeks pretty much. Like I knew I won't be involved much and um, playing the last few weeks like and stuff and played that match against uh, Monster which we won, which is obviously unreal. Like um, stuff like that. It's been different this year, but some like years ago I used. To, take setbacks pretty hard like and stuff and you'd be just like literally I want to leave pretty much when you weren't playing like stuff and it felt like you were getting dropped for unfair reasons and stuff like that but yeah you kind of learn to deal with it and well, I think that's kind of the competitive edge within myself and I suppose every other rugby player is like you don't deal with setback well immediately but you have to be a professional like suck it up get back, knuckle down, train hard that day and prepare the team as best as possible. And then if the team is successful, you get up 
more opportunities later down the line because they're winning and get further in competitions like and stuff. So yeah. And when you say they're like in the past, like thinking they're leaving or whatever, but you just well, just kept knuckling down just because that's you wanted to when you say 23-4, um you just wanted to make a fist and just want to keep pushing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You get a taste of them like big days like and stuff. And, Leinster would always be competing in Champions Cup finals and stuff and you just you want to be playing them big matches like and stuff and, and you're just like you get extra motivated like when you see them matches and the big matches and how special it is for the players to play them ones like and stuff and yeah so like that does motivate you that does help the heart the heartache of like not being picked like and stuff but then obviously this year I'm just like but I'm gonna to have to look after number one eventually, like, and, and that's why I decided obviously to move Connacht and hopefully get more game time. And I think as a front five player or any forward, really, you need to be playing the whole time, like to have that kind of readiness, like, and stuff like. So that's why I said eventually I like bit the bullet and was like, time for change, really. Yeah, nice one. Congrats on the move to Connacht. Yeah, and. Uh, so how did that come about or, or why? Like when when did you start thinking or when when did yeah that kind of talk come about and the, the move come about? Yeah, so I knew like I was I'm currently on a two-year deal and then like my two years, second year is about to run up. Um, so last summer I was like, might make might make a fist of this now and see. And like at the start of the year, like I wasn't getting kind of picked and stuff, and I was like, Jesus Christ, is this gonna be another one of those years? And then at Christmas, like Leo kind of gave me a heads up to um that they weren't going to like shoot me down if I was going looking at other clubs like and stuff. So yeah, I was chatting a few premiership clubs at the time and actually watching really chatting Canada at the time and you know, I kind of was nearly set on going to a team in England and then um I don't know however word got back that I'd nearly signed with a team for in England and um I you know, I just kind of got onto my agent then and I was like, yeah, I'd love to stay in Ireland. Like, I still want to play for Ireland. It's a, obviously a long-term goal of mine. And uh, I think my mother was most happy of all. Like, she's a goal woman at heart. So, <laughs> and I'd be closer to home instead of her travelling over the Irish Channel, like, and that. So, yeah, no, that popped up and obviously I had a lot of friends down there, like, and stuff. And, and it was probably, it made the most sense of the move. So, yeah. And then I signed in, like, March or April and the, Looking forward to it now. Yeah, good stuff. And uh, we're daily and the boys telling you to get down. Yeah, daily was being the prime uh, recruiter. He was saying he should be getting a fee, like and stuff. Because um, Adam Adam Byrne obviously followed suit then as well. Like, so Tom was like, he's going to have to get a bump in his wages. I've been telling you boys for years to go to Connacht. Give me a bump as well. <laughs> yeah, no hassle at all. Yeah, no, it's exciting. Like um, the whole project down in Connacht looks good itself. I think it was Bundy's story there today. They're ripping up the pitch like in that, and which yeah, like <laughs> a new stadium and facilities and stuff. And yeah, not looking forward to it. And it's obviously not going to be, or it's going to be a challenge like and stuff. But uh, yeah, looking forward to getting going. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. No, it's it's class what they're doing down there. And those yeah, the plans for new stadium look sick. I don't know when it's yeah. when it's planned. Is it what eighty yeah. a year or eighteen months? I don't know. Yeah, they're starting the pitch, and I think the pitch will be done pretty quick. But then the facility is going to take a year, or a year and a half. Like, so. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, and how was getting into the Ireland squad last summer? How, how yeah, it was a great experience. Like, um, obviously getting names and stuff like this class, like getting everyone like wishing you well, like and all that. And then obviously not the players. Like, what I feel, I feel like such a an idiot pretty much. Like, but. Uh, no, it was a great experience. I like, learned a lot over two or three weeks, like and stuff, especially with like Paul O'Connell, like with class, like just hearing some of his like his deep attention to detail, detail on everything, like and stuff like um, around the park, and then even through line out work and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, no, it was kind of, it was good to like get in, experience it, like and stuff, and and. Uh, just how to see it works, how the working week works and stuff like that. And you get treated really well in current houses class and the whole high performance centre is unbelievable as well. Like so hopefully that bodes well for the future, like that obviously I've been there in there before. Like I know the run of their players kinda of like in that. So 
and hopefully get to go back in there whenever. Yeah, yeah. What was some of the detail that Paul O'Connell was saying? What were some things that you picked up? Just like in line out, like his um, his attention detail on like line out lifters and the tightness of like coming down and stuff like. I don't even know some of the sayings he had, like really mad, like good country sayings, like and stuff. But uh, good like that, and then around his breakdown work and stuff like. And, but yeah, he was just class. It was just great to have a good, different kind of viewpoint on stuff like. Yeah, I remember one one lineup when I was um, playing Connacht Eagles as a kid, and some second row said, "Get your hands off your knees, never put your hands on your knees." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay," and then yeah, you never do it again. But it's uh, I know. It's mad those little things, isn't it? How much they help yeah. and how much better they make you. Yeah, yeah. They just stick with you, like little things like that. Like, um, yeah, he was class. So it's just because, like, I was grew up like seeing how good of a player he was, like, and stuff. And then to see have him train and I was like, that was class. Yeah, and do you find those um, like focusing on those kind of small things help? Because you know, just in a a match there's a million and one things you could be doing or concentrating on or thinking about or whatever but when you're talking they're just your lift and the tightness bringing them down is is that kind of how you do you play the game that kind of way like just thinking like this is my job here I'm out of line out I'm, this is what I got to do yeah like it's tough in the moment like if you're carrying a ball you're not thinking yeah oh, I need inside foot like and all this but like just say we get a line out call and I'm like right I'm front lifter on this one uh, I'm going to move on the one call in here, big step, and I'm going to pull him down. This is where I'm going to end up. Like, and it's kind of like positive imagery. It's, I think it's good for set piece, like scrum wise as well. And I've done my detail on the opposition prop during the week. Like, if he takes this angle, if he uh, binds here, like, and stuff, how I counteract that. And same with line out, like, and stuff, and line out D as well, like, specific, like, seams you're going to hit, like, and where you're going to hit in the line out D, like, and um, I think around the pitch it's tough like it is more if the opposition does such and such if he's like he's going to carry the ball you know he's going to step back in off his left side he always does it like and stuff and that like that but sometimes you just yeah you get flustered in the moment and you just like go back to what you always do like and stuff and, and carry like and especially specifically around carry and I know front row forward uh are asked to carry a lot, like, and I suppose, I suppose the detail goes out the window and you just try to run over someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, 100%. Um, and you mentioned there going back, playing with Lansdowne. I saw that, like, even in the last couple of years, like, seeing you on team sheets and stuff. Like, did you, did you just kind of suss that you're better when you're playing rugby? Because I know another kind of other side of it is people, like, resting their bodies and this kind of stuff. But uh, were you just like, I, I need to be playing rugby? Yeah, you need to be. I just think rugby players should be playing rugby like yeah, they're not like gym, whatever. Like, and yeah. see, like a few, few lads, like when I played that monster match, I hadn't played in like six weeks and I knew myself I was rusty, like, and stuff. Oh. And it's horrible, like that feeling. You're like, oh, I should have done something in between, like, and stuff. And I know at the time, some of them lands on matches, I felt it was tough to motivate myself against for them, like. With Lansdowne top of the league, we were playing Ballon the Hinch or someone, and I was just like, Ballon the Hinch at bottom of the league, like, no disrespect to them, but like, I knew we were going to do a job on them. And then we started like running in tries, and I was like, I try motivate myself for 30, 40 minutes of it, like, and get something from it, but it is tough all the same. Like, you want to be playing the big matches, but then I suppose it does benefit you, like, that match sharpness, and even the contact sharpness. Like, I remember going back. Playing first match of the season last season against Harlequins, and I hadn't got much of a preseason because I was waiting in Ireland and we were just fought back and a few injuries I had to play like and stuff. And I went into the match as like, I don't know when the last time I made a tackle was, and you just try like grab people in and stuff, and you're just like, oh, what I need to get back practicing that <laughs> like and stuff. And contact wise, like carry and tackle, and you just need to be doing it. Like you can do as many drills as you want, but unless you're doing things live, it's the only way it'll stand to you. 100% I couldn't agree more but it's good to get your perspective but like yeah everyone knows even when you go back playing after a, after a summer off or whatever it's like geez you don't know what you're at or, you know yeah. you're like you don't know yeah. what you're doing I think backs can get away with it. like they're just they're freaks like nimble like I see Jordan Larmer there came back 
Ken's Monster, like the Tatton Plains all on and just so good, like just such a freak athlete. Like and I know Johnny, like Johnny's Johnny, Johnny just so good no matter like how matter how long he's been out, he'll still control the game like and stuff. But I think for like forwards especially, you just need that like constant like someone like dragging you down, someone lying on top of you getting up, running, running into things, keep going like and stuff. And that's why I feel like I suppose forwards like should be playing the whole time and don't see why they shouldn't be like. 100% even yeah as you're young getting older as well you know yourself like you're just playing all you need to be playing all the time and it's it's so much better doing your contact work in a match on a Saturday versus doing it yeah. on a Thursday or something you know yeah yeah because then like on a Thursday you're just like I don't want to go full on into this because no. I know if I pick a little niggle up here now I'll be like fuck I'll be carrying it into the match Saturday whereas like you're throwing everything into that match on Saturday because like you mightn't get to play next Saturday, like and stuff. So, um, in training, you obviously that's when you get hurt as well, and you're not going 100 like. Yeah, and it's hard. You kind of I don't know about you or anyone else, but you kind of flick a switch when it comes to a match as well, don't you? You're a different person, or you know, it's it's mm. it's nearly impo- impossible to go on full noise yeah. at a yeah, training you can't session. Re- yeah, you can't replicate that. Like, you, there's like there's always something wrong with you going into a match, but. Like something's tight or sore, but like once you start playing, it just disappears. Like it's weird, and um, but yeah, you can't replicate that in training. You can't get as motivated for training as you do as a match, like and stuff. So that is interesting there. Yeah, and how much contact would you do in train or like full? Would you be doing any kind of like full on contact? Very rarely now. If we got shown up contact wise, like the previous week, or we knew this weekend, like we're going to play monster. Uh, there might be element of live tackle and to be like three or four lads in suits like who'd be going hard at the breakdown like and stuff and they'd be eligible to be like full on cleared out like and stuff like but any real contact contact wise would be done pre or post training like in little drills like uh, Dennis Leamy's our contact coach like so you'd be doing like him like so that it's left up to the individual themselves like yeah and a contact coach is that like he does rock tackle. Is that like what, what's rock tackle carry? Is that his job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'd do all that and he'd have drills pre and post training. He'd clip up things and he'd probably show them twice a week, uh, good and bad things. And then he'd show like opposition being like just said their pick and go strategy or their carry strategy with latch and stuff like that and how we're going to um, attack that, like pretty much like so. It's Anton. Exactly, like contact-wise, uh, he does that. Like, yeah. And how has been the how's the last few months been? When you say like uh, you signed for contract, I always find this weird. Or like, how is it as a player? Because obviously in rugby, everyone signs in like March or whatever. But how yeah. how has that been? Yeah, it's been strange. Like, it's been weird. Like, um, sort of feeling we start talking, and I think it was the end of February, start of March, and. Um, you're just like going into training and then you're like, fuck, do the other coaches know and stuff like, and, and, yeah. um, but yeah, it's been grand. Like, cause I made my hundred cap there and that was kind of a milestone I wanted to get with, get with Leinster. And I got that, like I was kind of con- concentrating on getting that, got that. And then I kind of took every match after that as a bonus. Like, and during the six nations, then we had a few matches. Like, so I just concentrated on that block and then I'd signed with Connacht. And I kind of took every match as a bonus then. I got to go to South Africa, played the first week in South Africa, and then I wasn't playing the second week in Cape Town. I kind of got to enjoy it a bit more, like, and stuff, um, and stuff like that. But then when I came back, I knew I was going to be playing the Champions Cup games and uh, played that monster match. So that was kind of the bonus of me, of my lens, like, this year. I got to play that in the Viva, and I was like, but this could, I had a feeling this could be my last match and probably is like I don't think I'll play next week and not play this week so um, to go out on a high kind of beat Munster with a lot of lads that were very frustrated throughout the year like and stuff um, uh, so yeah that kind of was a special way to probably end my career with Leinster like. Yeah and interesting as well you, you didn't you play against Connacht after signing for them? Yeah, yeah, signed, and then a few weeks later we played them, and then we were drawn with them in the Champions Cup. I was like three times in like four weeks. I was just like, say, like, how does this happen? Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it was grand. Uh, I prepped. I suppose you're a professional at the end of the day. Like you just prep, 
the team is accordingly and you want to do well yourself like so that was grand it got over it like but yeah it was tough at the time but it's funny enough yeah yeah funny um and thanks for your time but but uh what advice would you give your 18 year old self i think the enjoyment piece is huge like um i went through like peaks and troughs and uh of loving rugby of hating rugby and putting a lot of pressure on myself i had this conversation with my dad like uh, you kind of like put so much pressure on yourself like if you haven't played in a few weeks and that enjoyment goes out of it you don't enjoy training you don't enjoy like oh wake up in the morning it's like oh you think oh geez this is a slog and um, where i definitely tell myself to enjoy it a bit more i worked hard like when i was younger and stuff and got to play with like my heroes got to play against some cyber scenes got great trips like and stuff and that but the enjoyment piece would not to be bogged down in it like it's a game of rugby at the end of the day and i think i played my best rugby when i was enjoying it itself like um i see like when i signed with Connick, that point the pressure valve was like released like and stuff and enjoying i enjoyed training so much the last like six months and stuff like um and that yeah so yeah, it's been interesting like to look back to different stages of my Leinster career and I can remember matches where I like was like, right, I'm gonna throw everything into this, get the prep, extra prep, like doing so much or extra massages like and stuff, and then you get to the match and you're just nearly exhausted from like playing the match over a hundred times in your head that week, like and stuff. So I think just enjoy it like um obviously get your detail done early on in the week and then enjoy the rest of the week and enjoy the build-up to the game and then it just doesn't pass you by like yeah and when you say they're like putting pressure on yourself do you feel like 100 i think every single person who plays the game knows that but uh do you feel you play better when you're not putting that pre- any pressure on yourself yeah i think so like i felt i thought i had this conversation with my dad and i felt he was like putting a lot of pressure on me as well like little things like him sending me a message before a match being like telling me to do this do that that and then i just like go on the match and just be all going through my head every like fuck's sake and then i'll just be fired up with him after the match and then uh then recently like his texts have changed from all that to just like enjoy and stuff like this like and just little things like that and um, make such a difference like and not compounding like you see like an answer is mad you get get a chance once every six weeks and you're just like right i need to play my best game of my life here and stuff but and um, i was enjoying my matches the most when i was like just not that I didn't care, but just more kind of relaxed and enjoyed it, like um, not getting built up about it. Yeah, it's uh, it's so interesting. I even just like hearing that as a coach as well, like just um, like what you say to players, like say your dad there or whatever, and you know, best intentions, same way with, with a coach, best intentions, like look out for this, look out for this, look out for this. But like, once again, I know flip it as a player, like when you're being taught, when you're just having this information in your head, it just, it just throws you. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good early on in the week to get all your detail across. Yeah. And like, I started dividing the week and by Wednesday evening, certainly by Thursday evening, they like have all that boxed off. And then, like, on a Friday or Saturday morning, write down a few little notes, a few key pointers, and then just shut that. Like, and you feel like if it's that important to be said right before the match, it should have been said earlier on in the week. Like, and all the things that are really important you'll remember without being told about them. Yeah, and you've been playing rugby for 15, 20 years. Like, you know how to do pretty much everything. And Yeah, the game hasn't changed that much. Like Yeah, yeah. and like you yeah. say, it's funny uh, with coaches or different people who'd be talking to you. It's a failing on their part if they're telling you something before the day, uh, the day of a game. Like, you know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's something like now and again, you, not, an odd thing obviously needs to be said like that, but uh, yeah, like going over about something like the day like that few hours before the match or whatever like but uh no it is interesting I suppose everyone is different like and stuff and I suppose they G up different people differently and that like as well so yeah and uh what would have been some of the times that you've been hating rugby or just not enjoying it? Uh, um what was it I remember Champions Cup match we played Treviso and was it the world after the World Cup, yeah, in Japan, the lads had all come back. And 
I was playing really well and stuff. And then there was a match. So yeah, we played. Who was it? Now? Someone we played someone. Then the following week we were playing Connacht, and I was rested that week because I played all when the World Cup lads were away. So they're like, right, we're giving these lads one match, go up to speed. And uh, it was Connacht away, and then it was Treviso and Champions Cup the following week, and I got the nod for Treviso, and it's like, right, this is my time to shine now play well in Champions Cup match like you're pushing on for like playing for Ireland and stuff like and just keep so much pressure on me I think I think Keane Healy started the game and I was on the bench and then came on and like the game just passed me by like and made one mistake and then it was just like fuck I'm after making that mistake kept thinking about it um, made another mistake like in that and then I didn't get picked for like two months after that and it was just like fuck's sake like it's cutthroat like that and you're just like I wish I didn't put so much effort not effort more like I don't know just that mindset into it you're just like fuck's sake I wish I just enjoyed it more and took it like more as I can yeah 100% and it's uh, I think kind of what you're saying what we're both saying is uh, when you just let go of everything like you say on a Thursday or Wednesday Thursday that you kind of have in your head a timeline or a time when during the week it's like you stop kind of thinking about it so much and yeah then just like went into a game just letting go of everything like letting yeah, yeah, go. Yeah. i'll make a mistake i'll do so whatever just and like once again going back to like playing the way you were as a young lad just enjoying it having exactly. the crack and that's yeah. actually when you you play your best we kind of think that when you you when you're thinking about a million things you won't forget anything or this or yeah. that but you just get you'd be riddled with anxiety <laughs> exactly yeah. everyone makes mistakes and like that's my dad always said that he's like oh just go around play like you used to play as a young lad running around the ball like don't mind all these like mad structures that are going on and stuff like yeah. you're best when you're just playing like off the cuff nearly like so yeah kind of all stuck with me yeah and uh last one what has been the most difficult step up or what has been the time where like you know go you're going from say Burr to now here Ireland camp what has been a time where you stepped up in level and you're like geez this is this is tough um I think when we were younger, I was in like we were training with the twenties, and we got brought into Irish uh, training against the Irish seniors. Like I remember, Joe Smith trained Irish seniors, and them sessions were like just like so quick, like and stuff. And I was like, "Geez, I don't think I could ever last at this level." But then, like you play with Leinster, and you get more accustomed to that level. Obviously, I didn't get to play in them summer internationals last summer. They're against Japan and America, who wouldn't be. As tough life and stuff, but the lads say like the big Champions Cup games and and the Irish internationals are the huge step ups. Like, and I played a few of them Champions Cup games, and they're obviously like a notch above, like against the French teams, like and stuff. And I think men um, sort of like I suppose struggled against them big, huge like big French teams, like and stuff, which has been an undoing. Obviously, in Champions Cup just gone, like and stuff, which is frustrating. But like I played that Claremont semi final, we lost over in Lyon. And yeah, that was kind of an eye opener of how high of a level rugby could get up to. Mm. Yeah, good stuff. Well, uh, hey, bud, thanks so much for your time. Uh, been unreal yeah. chatting. Congrats on brilliant career so far, the 100 caps and uh, the move out west. Looking forward to seeing you in green. I'll see you down in the sports ground, sure, for now, point after a match. Thank you so much for clicking in and listening today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something that will help you on your journey. Make sure to share it with a friend. And thank you to those of you who have left ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Really, really appreciate that. I work one-on-one with players to help you get to the next level. As a young player, it can feel overwhelming, you might find it difficult to deal with setbacks, and it can be hard to know if you're doing the right thing. I will help you with all of that, we'll go through specifics of your situation, and after, you'll feel excited about what you're doing, and confident that you're on the right path. If you want to have a chat for free, send me a DM on Instagram, at offfieldrugby, or an email which is offfieldrugby at gmail.com. And just say, hey Brian, I listen to the pod when suits you to have a chat over Zoom. And we'll sort of time. 
It's 100% free, you have nothing to lose. If you keep doing what you've always done, you know yourself, you're just going to get the same results. Nothing's going to change. And you don't have regrets down the line. At the moment, I'm running a competition on my Instagram, at Offfield Rugby, with Bro Ball, where you can win a rebounder rugby ball. And this is so you can practice skills on your own, you can throw it against the wall, it comes back to you. It only takes 10 seconds to enter, so check that out on Instagram, and it's endorsed by Quake Cooper, and also Niall Williams and Robbie Henshaw, both of whom I've chatted to on the podcast before. Cheers for spending some time with me today, greatly appreciate you clicking in, have a good one.